You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To left to restart the game. And this one carrying into the end zone about four yards deep. Here comes Dixon to the five. Left hash marks 10, 15. Hits a hole hard. He's to the 25 30. Breaks into the clear. Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races. It's Secretary of the Belmont. Down the split time. No one will catch him. It's a touchdown. My goodness. Came into the game. Wayne punched the ball with a groin injury. Didn't practice all week. And he just took it right. The gut through the heart of the Minnesota Viking coverage unit. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a message to 865-658-5824. Again, that number is 865-658-5824. Now, on today's show, it's going to be kind of a, a quick episode, probably about I would say about 30 minutes long would be my guess. Of course, I may get on here and get to talk, and it might go a little longer, but the goal is to keep it under 30 minutes. And the reason being, there's not a whole lot going on, as you guys are aware. Um, you know, uh, the the news cycle is kind of dying down a bit. We're still waiting on the whole Aaron Rodgers saga to end, of course, and um, waiting for the compensation and all that stuff to be unveiled. Man, it could go either way. Uh, you know, I've had several people ask me on Twitter what I thought was going to happen. Um, I have no clue. I really don't. I am fascinated by the fact that so many people are so passionate about um, their viewpoint uh, from a sense of all the Packers. They'll definitely get multiple first round picks. And on the other side, it's like, you kidding me? We're just going to have him for a year and we got to take on his salary. You know, there ain't no way they're giving up more than a second round pick. And both of them are so passionate about those stances you would you would think they have some kind of inside information, right? So I'll be the first to say I don't know. This is kind of an unprecedented deal. You know, people try to compare it to the Russell Wilson deal, and, of course, Russell Wilson planned on playing multiple years, right? With Aaron Rodgers, this may be a one and done. And this is why I like to – this is how I like to approach things like this because I don't want to come across as biased from a sense of, all oh, the Packers have all the leverage, right? Also, don't want to come across as a Brian Gutekunst hater and try to paint this narrative that the Jets have all the leverage, right? But for all of those Packer fans who were saying, oh, yeah, the Packers will get multiple first-round picks, put yourself in the Jets' shoes. Are you saying the same thing? 
if you're getting a quarterback, one of the all-time greats, for one, maybe two years, and you know the whole salary cap situation and all that, and some people would argue, well, it's actually not a bad cap hit at all, but when you look at the roster and the salary cap situation as it is right now, are the Packers going to eat even more of the salary cap? Are they going to, you know, the Jets going to, are they going to kind of try to do something with this optional bonus where, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers had talked about possibly, uh, you know, reworking the deal. There's a lot of different factors, but if you put yourself in the Jets' shoes, my guess is as soon as I said that, would you do the deal if you were the Jets? You probably went, uh, I don't know. Exactly. Now, if you're, if you're on the Jets side, and I know nobody listening to my voice is, put yourself in the Packers' shoes, and it's okay. Would you be willing to take a second-round pick? Absolutely not. Look at, the, look at the deal we got offered from San Francisco a few years ago, right? But as they say in draft day, we live in a whole different world than we did 15 minutes ago <laughs> or 30 seconds ago or two months ago, two years ago, whatever it may be. Um, so it's it's fascinating. It really is. I'm excited to see how that all plays out. I hope they get a first-round pick at the minimum. Um, you know, Michael Lombardi keeps saying first-round pick, and he's not saying I think it'll be the first-round pick. Every time that um, Femi uh, tries to uh, kind of prod him on their podcast – that's what he always comes back with. It's kind of like he's expecting a first-round pick. So hopefully that's right. It would be absolutely awesome to get the number 13 pick uh, in this year's draft. Um, you know, Ryan was talking about on his pod about what if we got, you know, a first-round pick next year, right? Um, now, me and Ryan definitely differ on the opinion of um, a first-round pick this year, you know, or a, a – a second round pick this year shouldn't be worth a first round pick next year and how that kind of carries over. You know, um, basically when you look at the chart and you look at the trade value, essentially if you want to trade up, um, if you want to trade up for a second round pick this year, what the chart really indicates is you would have to give up a first round pick next year to climb up in the second round this year. So it kind of jumps one, one round ahead for the current year as opposed to a future year if that makes sense. So, and whether you agree with it or not, what I think has been proven is it's true. Um, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that I necessarily think that's the proper way for compensation um, when it comes to, you know, trading future draft picks or trading for future draft picks or current draft picks. Um, but uh, that's, that's definitely the precedent that's been set throughout a significant amount of time, uh, you know, in the NFL. So, when, when when Ryan says, hey, I'm willing to take a first-round pick next year, well, you're willing to take a second-round pick this year, you know? And, and the reason being is because you could probably trade back and, and pick up a first next year. You probably could if there's a trade partner. Um, so I understand both sides of that, but I don't know. I think it's important to kind of keep your finger on the pulse when it comes to uh, things like that. And, and another thing we want to keep our finger on – uh, on the pulse of is this tight end market. As you guys know, the Packers still haven't signed a tight end. Uh, Robert Tunyon signed with the Chicago Bears. I still haven't seen the details there. We had another big tight end signed today, and that was Dalton Schultz. You guys know he was the number one um, tight end free agent this year um, coming out of Dallas. They chose not to franchise tag him. And um, so Tom Pelissero tweeted out today, the Texans are signing tight end Dalton Schultz to a one-year deal worth up to $9 million per sources. So it's a one-year deal for $9 million. He says Schultz has 198 catches and 17 TDs over the past three seasons in Dallas. He's still only 26 years old. So he did kind of bloom pretty quick. Um, 
I think he's a solid tight end. I still I still question the uh, you know whether or not I would be willing to pay nine million dollars for him. You guys know that I was kind of talking about the market and the tight end market has been cold. We 100% nailed that prediction, and that's exactly how it's been. You know, when you look at the free agents, according to PFF, you had Dalton Schultz at the top of the board, and he was ranked 20th overall amongst all free agents. And his projected contract was $14.5 million per year. So four years, $14.5 million per year was what uh, PFF predicted would be his projected contract. Okay, and he ended up getting one year for nine million. So you're talking about what five and a half million less than what was projected. I mean, that's that's a cold market. Case closed. You know, Mike Gusecki, we already talked about that, right? Mike Gusecki, if you climb down here, I think he was the, let's see, the third best uh, free agent tied in this year, 61st ranked free agent. And he was projected to get three years at 11 million per year. Mike Gusecki only got one year for four and a half million, less than half of what his projected value was. Why is that? We've talked about it. It's it's real simple. It's it's simply because this is a tight end heavy draft. If there is a position that's very, very rich in the draft, if, if the draft is very rich at a specific position, and tight end is one of those this year, then you're going to notice that market is going to go cold in free agency because there's so many teams that don't want to overpay for those free agents because they know they're going to be able to sign or they're going to be able to draft a, a good tight end in the draft. There's going to be multiple opportunities to do that. Um, now, where do those tight ends hit as far as tiers? And uh, and on the uh, horizontal board, that, that remains to be seen, right? Every team probably looking at them a little bit different. Um, I know uh, yesterday we talked on our pod uh, extensively uh, you know, about where we have those tight ends ranked. You guys know, as it sits right now, I've got Michael Mayer then Dalton Kincaid. Um, and once Dalton Kincaid does his pro day, when he has his pro day, there's a good chance he could leapfrog Michael Mayer. But both of those are my two top tight ends as it sits right now. Now, who are the remaining tight end free agents? You guys know on our roster, we got Josiah DeGuara and we got um, Tyler Davis, right? And those are the two that that are pretty much a slam dunk to make the roster unless the Packers go out and sign three more tight ends, which I don't ex- expect to happen. And I also don't anticipate the, the other bottom two tight ends making the roster. I think the Packers really want to bolster that position as much as possible, uh, given, you know, the salary cap situation and, and wanting to uh, to shop smart there. I'm telling you right now, man, Mike Gusecki, the, the only thing that kind of steered me clear of Mike Gusecki is the fact that he it, it was pretty much common knowledge he wasn't a fit for the Miami Dolphins' new scheme, which you guys know is is Coach uh, um, McDaniel down there, right? Um, and he runs Shanahan's offense. So it kind of made me think, okay, now they do use the tight end in a very sim- similar uh, fashion when it comes to Shanahan and this McVay system, of course, that Green Bay's running. Um, but uh, the fact that he wasn't a good fit for that. It, it sounds to me like they're wanting to use him more in a flex role, kind of like McCarthy did with tight ends and how Aaron really liked to use Bob Tunyon there a couple of years ago when we were still running that McCarthy, um, McCarthy, uh, Matt LaFleur hybrid system, which is amazing to me that people still don't want to accept that. I mean, it was so obvious two years ago, you know, when, when Matt LaFleur got the job that very first year, the big talk was Aaron wanted it, 
to hold on to some of the plays and some of the playbook and carry that over from, you know, when McCarthy was there and they, they did that very thing. The next year they did the same thing. The next year I think they started to phase it out a little bit. And then last year you seen, in my opinion, you seen Matt LaFleur's system. You saw a whole lot less of that spread look, right? And and you've got a whole lot of uh, a lot of ace looks, a lot of 12 looks, things of that nature. Now, a lot of RPO action too. And I'm not suggesting that Matt LaFleur is a huge RPO fan, but they definitely went that route for a significant amount of the season. You heard me and Dusty talk about that the other night. Um, so with the top remaining free agents, who are they then? Glad you asked. Um, when we hop on here, we're going to spo track and look at the top available free agents on the tight end position. You know, Cameron Brait was recently cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's available. Austin Hooper, Jeff Swaim, Dan Arnold, Mercedes Lewis, and uh, Keith and Carter, Adam Shaheen, Ryan Griffin. Uh, there's Kyle Rudolph. He's now 33 years old. Irv Smith is 24 years old. You guys know he was in Minnesota. He battled some injuries. Um, for me, man, the name that really, really jumps out, there's two of them that uh, that really piqued my interest. One is Austin Hooper, and the other is uh, Mercedes Lewis. And I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure Austin Hooper was in Atlanta when LaFleur was there. So that might be a name to kind of keep an eye on. You guys know when LaFleur was the quarterback's coach, I believe he was the quarterback's coach in Atlanta when Matt Ryan won MVP um, that year. I think Austin Hooper was a, a very young tight end on that roster. So that's one to keep an eye on. And, and the reason being is because 28 years old, you get two or three more years out of him, and it's all about price tag, right? What can you get him for? Well, when you look at the tight ends that are already off the board, you know, Bob Tunyon's numbers are in. They're right here. He got $2.6 million to play in Chicago. What that tells me is the Green Bay Packers made zero offer to Robert Tunyon. Because Bob Tunyon last year, didn't he make something like $4 million, if I remember correctly? So $2.6 million, man, that's hard to stomach. It really is. I would love to have seen Bob Tunyon back at that price tag in Green Bay. But again, Mercedes Lewis is still out there. We know he's drawn some interest. To the best of my knowledge, Bob Tunyon's only offer was from Chicago. Mercedes Lewis is a little bit different. You know, there's a chance he could go to the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers. Um, of course, that deal's not finished yet. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up with some New York Jets uh, fans' reaction and, and one specific, uh, Rich Eisen, who's a big Jets fan, and, and kind of play a soundbite from his podcast and and what he had to say about the situation. Then we'll wrap this thing up. But um, man, when it when it comes to uh, you know. Bob Tunyon at 2.6, that's hard to uh, that's a hard pill to swallow for me. But what's that mean Mercedes Lewis is worth? He wants to play another year, right? So why not bring him back? Why not go give him the 2.6? Or heck, even $3 million? To me, Mercedes Lewis is worth that. He was the highest-graded tight end on our roster last year. And he was, he was one of the better tight ends in the league when you look at PFF grade. And, you know, I know some people say, oh, he's not a receiving threat. Did you not see him in the Miami game? I'm not suggesting he's a, a Y-flex, right? I'm not suggesting that he's someone who can play wide receiver or can play boundary. But the guy is good enough catching the football that he can be, uh, you know, a, uh, a difference maker at the tight end position. And also the leadership aspect that he brings to the table, all those things. And I got to be honest with you, it would kind of stick it to the Jets a little bit if the Packers swooped in there and got him, right? Imagine Aaron going to the New York Jets and him not getting one of his guys because the Packers decided to re-sign him. 
that would be something else. Now, we all know Mercedes Lewis ended up in Green Bay because of Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett and Mercedes Lewis had ties to Jacksonville. So there's that's all the more reason that Nathaniel Hackett would want him in New York with him. But what you're finding out real quick is you can't have all those guys that, that Aaron and Nathaniel Hackett want. That roster has already got a lot of talent on it. And I'm not suggesting they're more talented than the Packers, although they did beat the Packers head-to-head this year at Lambeau. Um, that's worth noting, too. That's getting swept under the rug quite a bit. Um, but Mercedes Lewis and Austin Hooper are the two that, that really strike interest to me. I don't want to sign two. I just want to sign one. If I had my choice, I would say Austin Hooper. Go offer him something very comparable to Robert Tunyon. I do think Austin Hooper might be an upgrade to Bob Tunyon because Austin Hooper can block better than Bob Tunyon. Um, but at the same time, Mercedes Lewis, I would be okay with that signing a one-year deal. Hey, let's let him break that tight end record, get him back, and um, and let him help groom whichever young tight end we decide to take in the draft, whether it is with the 15th pick or in the second round. And like I suggested, maybe trading up in the second round to get the guy that you want. Um, and you've got – you know, there's nobody better than Mercedes Lewis to bring a young guy along like that. So that's kind of how I see the tight end position. Um, let's do this. Let's move along to a listener question. Um, and I thought this was really, really intriguing. Uh, this came in from Andy Monday, our buddy out in Kansas. He said, Clayton, any idea if Matt Ryan would be our backup quarterback? And I responded, and I said, I think for the right price, that would be a great move. He and LaFleur worked together in Atlanta when he won MVP. He said, my thoughts exactly more after I get done with work, catching up on podcasts. So thank you so much for the text there, Andy. I'm glad you brought that up because there's there's a couple of things that you got to really think about when it comes to, to Matt Ryan possibly being the backup in Green Bay. Um, you guys have heard me say over and over and over, I think Danny Etling will be just fine as the backup. He and Jordan Love have got to work together a couple of years now. That's the the main focus when it comes to the backup quarterback is they're like the personal assistant to the starting quarterback. They do so many things, you know, researching uh, defenses. You know, Aaron always talked about when he came into the league, one of the things he did for Brett, he said, I don't know if any other backup quarterbacks ever did this, but it's something that I really I, I enjoy doing. He said, I would go watch tape all week long preparing as if I was the starting quarterback and I would take notes and then I would give Brett this notebook every week and say, here's my scouting report on this week's defense. He's, and he did joke and said, now, now Farvey might've, might've just chucked it in the trash can, right? <laughs> Who knows? But he probably did, to be honest with you, with the chip he had on his shoulder with Aaron, even being on the roster. But that's the type of things that you talk about uh, backup quarterbacks doing, playing that role. And you see him on the sidelines. You've seen Jordan Love all year last year on the sideline next to, next to Aaron. You know, and and yes, he's studying. Yes, he's trying to learn. But at the same time, he's giving any kind of input. You know, you've heard NFL films get people mocked up all the time on the sideline. And it's, hey, keep an eye on this one and this one for me. I remember one time Tom Brady was on NFL films mocked up segment. And he said, keep an eye on. uh, I can't remember the players he said, but he said number 48, number 35, whoever it was. Let me know what they're doing. And he's like, I got you. The backup quarterback, that's the whole game. He's watching those guys. What what kind of rotation are they throwing in from the backside? What which way are they cheating? Are they shading over Welker? Are they are they, you know, coming underneath and really taking the underneath route away? Are they trying to shade over the top with Moss? The and you've got an extra set of eyes and a backup quarterback that's watching those things. So they've got to have a really good working relationship. It can't be any of this. I'm gonna will you give me an opportunity? I'm gonna take his job. Like that that's any any other human being with a coworker would would sense that from a mile away, and once you get to that point, now you've got a lot of division in your locker room, and, and 
more importantly at the most uh, most important position on the entire roster, at quarterback. That's just not how the backup role plays. You know, when Favre was here for so long, Doug Peterson, one of his best friends, Doug Peterson was the backup, right? And then, of course, Doug Peterson went on to win a Super Bowl in Philly, and now he's the head coach back in Jacksonville, got them to the playoffs last year. But same thing. When Doug Peterson got put in the game, which was very, very rare, but when he did, you could tell, man, oh, Dougie P can't throw it very good. <laughs> he's not a very good backup quarterback. But, man, he I mean, a, a very good, uh, you know, player on the field, a quarterback, you know, playing the position. But as in the backup role, it was exactly what Favre wanted. It was exactly what Favre was comfortable with, right? So when you talk about Matt Ryan, Andy, I think it's a fascinating question. Um, he did win an MVP under Matt LaFleur, like we said. If I remember correctly, Matt LaFleur was his quarterback coach that, that year, okay? So he won an MVP with him. The question is, what's the price? Okay, what would the price be to bring in Matt Ryan to back up Jordan Love? And you guys know we had a – uh, several people asked these questions in the past, and when I answered it, I said I, I'm I'm very comfortable with Danny Etling because of the working, you know, relationship there with Jordan Love. You you know they're close, they're friends, all that stuff um, that matters. But when you look at Matt Ryan and what he could bring to the table, and you're talking about somebody who played an MVP caliber level, right? First of all, I think we would all agree Matt Ryan is not a starting quarterback, right? So he's not going to put any kind of pressure on Jordan Love. Never at any point in the season, no matter how bad Jordan Love may struggle and I'm not wishing it on him. I don't even think that's going to be the case. I think Jordan Love's going to have a really good year. I, I really, really believe that I'm having a great feeling about Jordan Love. But even if he did struggle, I think we would all agree now that Matt Ryan has proven he's not a starting quarterback. So you don't have to worry about Jordan Love looking over his shoulder, right? And and they could really set the tone for that too. But Matt Ryan has got to be on board with that. He's got to he's got to have um a strong enough ego to understand in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. That. If, if the coaching staff come to him and said, look, we want you to be our backup quarterback and Matt, you know, Matt LaFleur would be the one to, to approach him about that. Say, I really want you to help bring Jordan Love along his first year starting. Show him how to be a pro. Show him how to prepare as a starting quarterback. I think that could be very, very valuable. Now, I think Matt Ryan, if for some reason Jordan Love gets banged up and Matt Ryan has to come in to play quarterback, I think Matt Ryan gives you a better chance to win than Danny Etling. So it's a win-win all the way around. It's just – 
The question is, how much would Matt Ryan ask for, and would he be willing to take on that role as a backup? I think he would, considering what's happened here recently. Okay, so what would the price tag be? Let's go through and look at some of the free agents that have signed. Okay, let's go Case Keenum, right? Six six point two million per in Buffalo. Uh, Cooper Rush five million per in uh, in Dallas. Marcus Mariota in Philly five million per year. Sam Darnold four and a half million per year. Philip Walker four point one million per year. Drew Locke four million. Uh, Baker Mayfield four million. Nick Mullins four million. Gardner Minshew three point five million. Kyle Allen one point two million. So as these all trickle down, none of those to the best of my knowledge are starting quarterbacks, right? That I just read off. They're not competing for starting quarterback positions. So with that being said, when you look at it, you go, okay, this is trickled down now. The value is starting to show. I don't think Matt Ryan is only worth $1.2 million. I don't think he would come – I don't think he would, uh, you know, he would probably retire before he would accept that little of a payday. But what about Gardner Minshew? And the reason I mention him is this would be a great bargaining chip. This would be a great negotiating uh, starting point for negotiations when it comes to Matt Ryan. Gardner Minshew replaced Matt Ryan. Gardner Minshew was signed by the Indianapolis Colts where Matt Ryan was cut, and he's getting $3.5 million. So I think it's safe to say you wouldn't be insulting Matt Ryan if you told Matt Ryan you want to give him less than him. So maybe you could get in that range of, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe $2 million, right? He's got great leadership qualities. Would you be willing to pay $2 million? Andy, I'm asking you now, man. Hit me up on the text when you hear this and tell me what you think. Would you be willing to pay him $2 million? Would it be two and a half? Would it be $3 million? How high would you be willing to go to have that extra added value of having Matt Ryan and his leadership skills, his experience being a former MVP quarterback, his relationship with Matt LaFleur, and him being able to come in and help Jordan Love learn how to be a starting quarterback in this league? I think that would be uh, – it'd definitely be worth exploring. So, Andy, it's a great question, man. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I think I would pay Matt Ryan $2 million. I would go in there and stroke his ego as much as I could and say, look, you know, the money's not going to be great, but, man, we would love to have you on the roster. We'd love to have you as as a, a safety valve if, if Jordan gets banged up. But more importantly, man, we would love your leadership skills. We've seen what you've done across the league. And would you be willing to come in and tutor our new starting quarterback? I think that would be cool. I think that would be a good move. I really do. So appreciate the question, Andy. I really liked it, man. Um, when I dug into that and I seen Gardner Minshew sign for three and a half million in Indy, and he's obviously replacing Matt Ryan, kind of taking up that roster spot. It may it kind of got me thinking, like, man, maybe because initially I was thinking that'll probably cost you somewhere between four and six million dollars to sign Matt Ryan. But when I seen Gardner Minshew, I'm like, hold up, we might be able to get him at two and a half to three million. Two million would be ideal for me. But again, what do you got to lose? Go stroke the ego. Go make the offer. He says, no, you got Danny Etling in place, and he's already got that relationship with Jordan Love. Now, another thing that's going to happen, too, is if if you were to sign Matt Ryan or or insert, you know, um, any uh, any backup quarterback here, you know, Car- I don't want to say Carson Wentz. I'm not a fan at all. Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph, Joe Flacco, Blaine Gabbert, you know, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel is another one that's that's uh, got a, a real high reputation as being a good backup quarterback. Um, here's one, Tom Brady. I'm just joking. You know Tom Brady. Could you imagine having the GOAT, Tom Brady, as your backup quarterback behind Jordan? That would be hilarious, right? I think that dude's finally done. And i got to be honest with you, man. I'm looking forward to uh, him being on Fox, Fox NFL. 
I don't know if he's going to be on Fox NFL Sunday, if he's going to be calling the games or what, but I'm really excited to hear Tom Brady talk ball, to talk football. Um, I think it's going to be really, really awesome. And hopefully Gronk joins them in whatever venture they do because, you know, Gronk's already got kind of this little deal going with Fox Sports as well. I think it would be a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, so, Andy, thank you so much for the uh, the message. Let's move on to the final segment here, and we're going to get you guys out of here. I think I think we're going to do it. I think we're going to – no, we're not. We're at the 25-minute mark. We can go a little over. We tried, though. All right, so Rich Eisen. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here so you guys can hear the audio. Rich Eisen on his podcast. So you can find this on the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube. It's free to watch. You can go click it yourself. Go give them a view, right, um, and, and support the cause. But Rich Eisen was talking about – um, Aaron Rodgers possibly joining the Jets. As you guys know, Rich Eisen started on Sports Center. Um, he's now been kind of the face of the NFL when they launched the NFL Network. He did NFL Total Access forever, and now he's got his own podcast called The Rich Eisen Show. That's what this this little clip is from. Again, it's free to watch online. Um, he, it says the title says Rich Eisen's message to Jets fans getting antsy about the Aaron Rodgers trade. So let's go ahead and play it and see what Rich says here. I think you guys are going to get a kick out of this. But as I as I knew would be the case. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer. <laughs> let me just say this. Let me just say this. Because I know Andrew Brandt's been on this program and he's given voice to a lot of what uh, uh, observers think that the Jets fan base is going to be up in arms. And let me just counsel the Jets fan base if this is the, the case and that could potentially lead to anything that the Jets do that I believe they should not do. Please take a page from Aaron Rodgers and R-E-L-A-X. And the question about leverage that I know Amy Trask was talking about with Susie here on Friday and Andrew was talking to Siciliano, the Andrew that was sitting in this chair on Thursday. Who's got leverage? Who doesn't have leverage? Look, the Jets clearly need Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers has said words I never thought that would come out of his mouth, which is that he intends to play for the New York Jets this coming year. And, you know, when he says words, you got to listen to them clearly to parse them out. He intends to play for the New York Jets. And so does that mean he's definitely going to play for the New York Jets? Of course not. But he intends to play. And I will take his intention at his word. Jets need a veteran quarterback. They're not going to go into the season with Zach Wilson. Question is, is if it's not Rodgers, who's it going to be? Uh, Do you hear how depressed he sound? They're not going to go into the season with Zach Wilson. <laughs> Man, how quick it changes, right? It was just the other day. He was flying around at his pro day in shorts, no pads, throwing off the back foot, showing the arm strength. Showing the mobility. Sounds a lot like Anthony Richardson, doesn't it? Obviously, it's not going to be anybody as good as Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets won't be as good with anybody else that's still left out there. And there's, I, I don't know who the hell's left out there. What, are you going to trade for Nick Foles? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 honestly. Ryan Tannehill? There's no, and I know there's Lamar. I know there's Lamar. That's still sitting out there. It's funny he brings up Lamar because Ryan did a great job on his pod yesterday bringing that up. Like if, if the GM had any – if he had two brain cells to rub together, Joe Douglas out there in New York, 
he would just call and say, can I, can I talk to Lamar? Even if they said no, then I go running right back to the press and go, yeah, we just called to ask, uh, ask to talk to Lamar and, and watch how things would really get shaky. But I'm with Ryan, like, the Jets GM is not playing this smart at all. I don't don't get me wrong. I don't think Marf, Mark Murphy did us any favors either. I, I don't think that Goody played this perfect either. But Joe Douglas is yeah he he doesn't seem like a very intelligent general manager. But ah, who am I though, right? But it's going to be Rodgers. You know why? Because the Packers aren't taking him back either. And if the Packers are sitting back saying, oh. We don't have to pay him his money till September 1st. Oh, we, we could just sit around and wait. Oh, okay. Sounds good. They can't move forward either. Because guess who could show up and pull a farve at any point in time? If he so intends to do, because his intention is to play for the Jets. And with each passing day that he does not actually play for the Jets or is in the Jets organization, I have a feeling he would intend to make the Packers' life particularly miserable and has many different platforms in which to do it. Now, I want to mention this. Could you imagine who I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. Could you imagine if when OTA started, if this still wasn't done, and I, and I anticipate it being done, I really do. I, I understand that it may carry to the draft. It may carry to June 1st. It may carry to September. They, all Everything's on the table. But could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers showed up to OTAs in Green Bay? Oh, my God. <laughs> you would have to be one petty individual to do that. And I think we would all agree that 12, when he holds a grudge, man, he holds a grudge. So – I know some people are rolling their eyes right now and they're rolling their eyes at Rich Eisen, but whew, I was rolling my eyes in 2008 and then Favre stepped off that plane and I went, oh my God, he really did call their bluff. So This is going to get done. It's just that annoying 12.01, one minute after midnight mentality that the NFL is addicted to addicted to nobody's going to go ahead and just do the right thing or do what we all know that needs to get done jets need rogers rogers intends to play for jets packers don't want rogers anymore they certainly don't need him around you know they're going to eventually have to get rid of him because they're not going to pay i love the fact that he's saying they they don't need aaron rogers because it's like i don't know if you guys have noticed it but here lately this narrative is completely shifted to Jordan Love's going to be good. <laughs> like, I'm really trying not to get my hopes too far up. And I always keep telling myself, and I tell people I interact with on Twitter, Aaron Rodgers only won six games his first year as a starter. We've got to put that into perspective. But it seems like the rest of the league is starting to accept the fact that Jordan Love might be a dog. And that's that's exciting. $60 million to a guy who's just going to back up Jordan Love and be there when he doesn't want to be there. And there's no way on this planet he's going to be there. And we all know that sitting here on March 20th. But do we? We know it. But do we? But they leave the door open to it with each passing day 
and Rogers going on McAfee last week definitely put things in a position where the Jets need to get it done now. And obviously there were some people who thought, well, they, he, he gave the Packers so much leverage by saying he intends to play for them. He already said it on Friday before. Now he goes on Pat's show and starts telling all these, you know, stories about going into the darkness cave and then coming out of the darkness cave. And he went in and he thought he was going to retire. Can you hear the frustration in Rich Eisen's voice? It is hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Like he is, if you, if you, if you read this on paper, you would go, Rich Eisen's excited about having Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. But when you watch it and you listen to it, it's like, he, he looks very stressed out right now. <laughs> And then he's sitting there and he sat with one day of retirement thoughts and the next day of comeback thoughts. And he comes out and he's just like, well, I'm thinking of playing. And and suddenly he's shocked to learn the Packers aren't interested in having him back anymore, which I proffer to say. He had a good inkling about that before he turned the lights off in that Oregon cave. Look, Jets need him. He, if he wants to intend to play, that's the spot. And the Packers cannot have him back. Can you imagine if this still is out there in the ether for, you know, mandatory mini camps and things like that? Anybody who's been to the Packer organization remembers Favre showing up after they turned the page to Rogers saying, I still want to play here. And it's just like, come on. And if the Packers want to just, just wait, just to mess with Rodgers or try and extract a draft choice out of the Jets that the Jets are unwilling to give up. And they're what? They're, they're just going to forfeit the opportunity to take two more players or a player in this year's draft for Rodgers? Just blow off this year's draft? Packers are that good? They could pass on a second-round choice or a third-round choice or multiple choices? Just to try and extract that first round pick they're not going to get from the Jets for a guy who's 39 and turning off lights in Oregon caves wondering if he's going to play again. You're going to really flip a one for that guy? Can we just stop the nonsense and just friggin' make this trade already? Because we know the Jets need it. We know Rodgers wants it. We know the Packers need it. They know We know Rodgers not coming back. He's not starting. He's not backing up for the Packers anymore. And one day, what we all hope for you in Wisconsin is that you all come together like the Packers and Favre did. And Rodgers will wave to the crowd once again as a retired player of the Packers and the Jets and probably the Vikings. <laughs> all right, I'm in it there. And probably the Vikings. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. I, I wanted to play that video because, um, and again, you can find that on Rich Eisen's YouTube page. It's free to watch. Um, like, subscribe, go support the guy. He needs it. Um, he needs something right now because he sounds frustrated. I just wanted you to hear his tone because he's saying, like I said, if you read the transcript, it's you would think, okay, well, yeah, the Packers need to do this trade. And they're not going to give up multiple first-round picks. And they'd be stupid to, you know, the Jets would. Be stupid to give up multiple friends. And this, and, but if you watch his demeanor and hear his voice and his tone, he 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 is screaming out loud in frustration. 
while keeping a calm voice. And it's absolutely hilarious. So I wanted to play that. Now, you guys know I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Love everything he did for the organization. I've also said on this pod that when he goes to the Jets, hey, I'm not, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers anymore. This is a Packers podcast. I'm a Packers fan. Green and gold till I drop, right? But when you hear the frustration in Rich Eisen's voice and you understand exactly what they mean by one, maybe a two-year window, and then you look at the Packers and Jordan Love and how everybody's all of a sudden talking as if Jordan Love is going to be a solid player, right? I'm still trying to curb the enthusiasm. It's hard not to get excited about Green Bay Packer football. And then today it came across the wire, and I'm going to wrap up with this. Uh, Joe, I know I'm going to botch the name. I apologize, Joe. Uh, talking as if he's listening to my podcast here. We know that's silly. Joe Arigo, maybe? It's at Joe Arigo uh, FSM on Twitter. He said, hashtag Packers fans. Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs are going to join Jordan Love in California to work out and start to try and get their timing down, according to at Armed Danger QBs, which is Jordan Love's uh, QB coach, basically, on Twitter and his, his business that he has. So while all this is going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, right, and you hear all the frustration in Rich Eisen's voice. Packers Twitter absolutely blew up today because it got released that Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs are joining Jordan Love in Cali to go get their timing down. That's exciting, guys. That fires me up. So I'm excited about the future. I'm excited to see exactly what Jordan Love can do and uh, and how this team's going to rally around them. That's one thing that typically happens when you put in a young quarterback, especially one that's got the background that Jordan Love has, you know, with the personal stuff that we talked about. I don't want to keep bringing it up because I don't want that to be his, like what people know him for, um, you know, the tragedy that his family had to overcome. Um, but when a young quarterback steps in, much like Aaron Rodgers did when it was us against the world back when Favre, you know, burned the house down and left and went to the Jets and went to the Vikings, came into Lambeau, beat us twice, uh, you know, that year, beat us in Lambeau, beat them in Minnesota. And then, of course, the next year what happened, we go out and win a Lombardi. But this team rallied behind a young Aaron Rodgers, right? And one thing about Aaron Rodgers at the time, he kept his mouth shut. He was so quiet. They said he was holding Bible study at his house for teammates when at the time the aging Brett Favre with his family – didn't hardly spend any time with teammates, right? It's just something that happens. It doesn't make anybody evil, and that really pisses me off when people try to paint this evil picture of Aaron Rodgers because he's not hanging out with 22-year-olds. It's just silly. It just shows your bias. It shows how uh, manip manipulative you are to try to paint this certain narrative to make somebody look bad. But there is something special that happens with a young quarterback when they step in and the team, galvanize, the team is galvanized by it. They rally around that young guy and especially one in Jordan Love that it's been talked about for so long and you've seen it the last couple of years is his quiet leadership. He's one of those guys. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's just a guy who's going to go about his business. He's got that quiet swag to him. He's that guy that when he walks in the room, he doesn't have to say a single word, but every damn person in that room knows the man has arrived. He just has that, and I'm excited for it. So I hope it pans out and everything, and um, I'm really, really looking forward to his first year. Man, let's root him on, understand. Under promise, over deliver, right? 
we're expecting some growing pains. And if he comes out and lights it up and throw, you know, throws for 35 touchdowns and eight interceptions and we make the playoffs somehow, then hey, we had nothing to lose to begin with, right? And it's a great season. It's going to be a lot of fun. If he comes out and he wins six games, that's the same amount of games that he that that Aaron Rodgers, a future four-time MVP, Super Bowl uh winning quarterback, Super Bowl MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer won his first year as a starter, right? If he only wins four games, five games, it's okay. Well, it's you know, Aaron Rodgers had the same type of growing pains. So we just you just got to know how to put things into perspective. And it's going to take a year or two to get this roster where we want it, just like it did in 2008. 2008 was rough, you know, six wins, got it. 2009, a few pieces gotten put in place. 2010, we go on a freaking run, and we were the underdogs on the road the entire playoffs. You know, everybody likes to pretend like in 2010 the Packers were hands down the best team. That was not the case. They got hot at the right time. They stuck together. Mike McCarthy did a phenomenal job uh, scheming for that offense. They had weapons everywhere. The defense stepped up. Charles Woodson, A.J. Hawk, Clay Matthews, Ryan Pickett, B.J. Raji, on and on and on. Nick Collins, on and on and on. At the time, nobody was talking like, listing those names off I just listed. We knew who they were, being diehard Packer fans. But I don't know, man. I got a feeling something special might happen this year. And I'm excited about it. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We're going to get out of here. We went over a few minutes. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. Sort of protective tape or wrap on that thumb next time we see Rodgers. Third and goal. Prescott stands in, delivers. And it's intercepted in the end zone. Rudy Ford has a convoy. Rudy Ford with a huge play for Green Bay. First interception as a backer, and it comes in the end zone at a big time.